Episode 98 of the Art of War Down Under podcast, creeping towards that ton, that triple digit figure of which I do not know what to do with. We are joined by one of my favorite people, one of hopefully the community's favorite people. He's a good guy, does some good works, very mm. necessary for pushing mm-hmm. us forward, kicking and screaming mm-hmm. into a future where we can have nice things. His yes. name is Peter Colosimo. How are you doing, mate? You might know him as the Falcon. I'm doing great. How are you, biggie buddy boy? I'm pretty damn good. Now, we're here to do a thing that we haven't done in exactly 34 weeks, according to my records, unless I've missed something. But you and I maintain some semi-balance of a faction ladder, a live living faction ladder on this show. Mm-hmm. Usually every three months, we update the faction ladder about where just purely based on win percentage and how, and how many T-Whip a faction has, where they are sitting right now. So people could tune in and get like the pulse of the meta, the pulse of their faction whatever we haven't done this in 34 freaking weeks my dude i listen man it's been a long time i feel like we did one in between but maybe you know what like time is a flat circle um coming out of covid and then into whatever we're in now you know and i've gone through a lot of life changes that um Mm. really made like months just disappear there's there one day it was january and then the next day it was may and i was like well Thank you, Justin Timberlake, for at least reminding me of that. And, uh, <laughs> and now we're here in June. Like, uh, dude, yeah, we're halfway through this thing, which means the last time we did we did this was at the end of last year, the start of this year. Yeah, somewhere in there, end of last year was the last time we did one of these. Which means that this faction ladder is going to be updated for custodies, for Tau, for um, for Eldar and, and Harlequins, for and for Tyranids now. Mm-hmm. So it's actually there's a lot has happened. I remember I remember the last time we did this. Uh, oh, sorry, I even hit you up uh, probably a couple of months ago, right in between the deluge of powerful codexes coming down and being yeah. like, there's really no point doing it right now because we're yeah. about to have like three more codexes and it's all whatever we put out is just going to be invalid immediately but we're sitting in a bit of a stable pocket right now pre-chapter approved but post mm-hmm. or post like the the codex dump so it's a good time yeah it's a very i think good time. we've i think things have stabilized enough that we can say this is the way it's going to be until all of the massive changes we're about to see um in warzone nephilim which i'm assuming will be out hopefully here by the end of the month uh well, if then, not in yeah. july Exactly right. So next time we do one of these, we'll be able to capture, we've captured the full picture pre-chapter approved, and we'll be able to catch the full picture, you know, two, three months from now when everything's kind of settled post-chapter approved. So this is the perfect window. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, Art of War Down Under is a two-part podcast. First part comes out Tuesday mornings, um, Eastern Standard Time, about 5 a.m., and it is a basically a primarily a review-based podcast. I like to be here and be informative, to be entertaining in addition, hopefully. And you can come here and I can be your one-stop shop for keeping up with the meta, what has been released by GDAR, what do you need to know about 
this new book, that new supplement, blah, 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 blah. And the idea here is that you can just pay attention to me, hopefully, and learn everything you need to know about keeping up with the game and staying current. Um, and that is my hope and dream for the show. Uh, almost 100 episodes, hopefully we've ticked that box at least. If In addition, there is a part two. The first part will always and forever be free, which is the review of the content that uh, is coming up. So you don't, you don't need to buy part two of this to stay current, but if you want the extra, you want the bonus, and you want to support me and what I do, you're very thankful to Adam for putting in 100 episodes and I've, i think i've missed two weeks out of the 98 that i've done so i'm pretty damn consistent by now jump over to patron the art of war down under or search me and, and the rest of the art of war goodness on the art of war 40k.com but that is not all that is going to be plugged this day for there is a new 40k stats Dot com and a pizza yes. can tell you about it. Yes, so it was announced. Oh, I don't like once again, time is it doesn't mean anything to me anymore. I want to say about a month ago it was announced, but this was something that uh, w- was started in the works way back in January, February. I have uh, joined forces with Goonhammer to try and improve 40k stats. As I said, you know, some things in my life happened and caused kind of caused me to have to take a big step back from all of the work I had been doing collecting statistics and such for the last few years. And I've created a, a very good relationship with the guys over at Goonhammer. So it made a lot of sense. And we talked about it on and off for, you know, a couple years now about kind of joining forces and trying to make things better for everybody. So I am officially a goon. I have become one of the one of the many goonies. Nice, nice. Which one are you? Oh, I'm I'm, I'm definitely sloth. I'm definitely sloth. Sloth, okay. The chunk. Yeah. As part of that, we've revamped the 40 uh, Stats website with a goal of automating as much stuff as possible and then working from there to kind of clean up the uh, user errors that we, that, you know, had caused me to not be able to automate things in the past. Um, You know, think like in Best Coast pairings or down under pairings, et cetera, people that think that Sisters of Battle is the only faction, et cetera. And so we've created this, (laughs) they've created this great website that I'm uh, taking part in at all levels. I'm helping with the uh, calculations and doing some work kind of on the back end in terms of um, data analysis, which is the thing I wanted to do always. And we've got a good thing going. There's still some work to be done because we're we're kind of working on Age of Sigmar at the same time as 40K, and that's yep. ca- caused that's a couple exciting. of glitches. You'll see, um, I think right now, for example, as we're recording this, if you if you go and check out the T website, it's pulling Age of Sigmar data. And that's just you know a little bug because of how we pulled the API. Mm-hmm. And it'll probably be fixed by the time we're done recording this call. But we've got a lot of stuff in the pipes, creating new statistics statistics as we go. Rob, the chirurgeon, and I have been working on um, a stat he came up with, Pythagorean win rate, which is really cool. We're doing a lot. And we've also teamed up with uh, the ITC Battles app. And now we have, instead of having to you know, contact them for the data, we now have yeah. a full grab of that as well, all the time at our fingertips. So instead of just having these, you know, the... <laughs> couple hundred GT games we might get in a weekend or, or you know, yep. more. We also have tens of thousands of games of data being kind of sent to us literally every week. That's so we fantastic. can really see how the casual side of things is going in terms of just people playing at home. And I say casual in a, a very le- loose sense, because I think anybody that's using the ITC Battles app at this time is uh, is probably a little more than casual um, yeah. in, in like the terms that I think your, your most common person would use it. But still, it's, it's a lot of data that we can sift through and we can see, we can really get a bigger picture for how the game is mm. going right now. I'm really happy to, to, that you're going to get to do more of the data analysis, because I remember you were just literally trying to keep up with the data collation. By the end of things, yeah. Yeah, you never really got enough, you got ahead far enough to do the stuff you enjoy. 
enjoyed the the actual analysis of what you what you had. Yeah, once we got to making to ten or you know ten or twelve GTs and majors every week, a it became week? really hard yeah. to, for me to sit down for a minute and just be like, "What's actually happening?" Mm-hmm. You know, I can I could gloss over the big stuff, but the the minutia that I used to love it was was I was having a hard time getting time for, and yeah. now I have all the time in the world, so it's great. I really and I also really do like that <laughs> you don't need to go you know Oliver Twist begging for some data. Please, sir, may oh, I yeah. have some more? <laughs> So yeah. just, I mean, it's just coming to you. That's fantastic. Part of that is TOs have you know all decided finally that Excel spreadsheets aren't the way to go, even in Scotland, shockingly. So that's one thing I don't have to do it for the most part any longer. And I don't need to because there are so many events that when I do hear about that one, that random one-off where the guy Doesn't was matter. just like yeah. afraid of a computer, I just went, nah, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine to miss one out of the 20 you're probably getting. Exactly. But anyway. For those of you who don't know these facts and ladder episodes, pretty much I just bounce questions off Pete. We run through the tiers, the you know agreed upon tiers right now of 40k, that being C tier, B tier, A tier, S tier. S tier being the pick of the bunch, the one or two top of the pile factions that are indomitable at the moment or can only beat each other. A tier mm-hmm. being your tournament staples. They are, can go and win a GT, can go and win a major with the right player in the right meta and the right mission pack or, you know, in, in WTC formats, they are in ITC formats, they can. Uh, B tier, you know, these are perennial three and twos, four and twos, you know, um, et cetera. And mm-hmm. C tier, hard pressed to win an RTT. Like, you know, great player in an RTT still might not win, you know with uh, these factions just to give you guys some context um so jumping in and asking you about the data set that we have for ninth edition right now so when i ask you questions how much data are you pulling from what's the sample size so can people have some confidence in the stats we're throwing out i mean sell the people tell them how qualified we are to talk about this right now sure so what we're gonna what i'm going to do in this case um you know it's been six months since we've done this. Um, but I'm not going to go through six months of data because the game has changed pretty drastically yeah. every couple of weeks um, yeah. because, you know, we kept getting kind of broken codex after broken codex and we'd get one fixed and then the next one would come out. Really what I'm going to focus on here is the last six weeks worth of events because that fully encapsulates everything we've seen in a post-data slate armor of contempt Exactly world. right. So yeah. we've seen... The nerfs to Custodes, the nerfs to Tau, the slight nerfs to Tyranids. We've seen the big buffs to Power Armor. Um, so we get a like a really good feel of what that now looks like. In terms of how many games worth of data we're looking at here, from an ITC Battles app standpoint, I'm looking at you know well over 40,000 games, I believe, Ooh, worth yeah. of data. And then in terms of the GT level, it's, it's about 6,000 com- uh, actual competitive games, I want to say. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have the number quite in front of me, and I'm not going to waste your time. Time. Just suffice to say, it's enough that we can say some very firm things, um, at, especially at the top end of how things are happening. Yeah. The bottom end, a lot of that is going to be, well, you know, these armies can't feel like they suck now, so not a lot of people are bringing them to events, right? Exactly right. So yep. we're kind of relying more on the ITC battle app side of things for that and going from there. So Beautiful. So, I mean, we, there was one we probably could have done three months ago that would have, or sorry, you know, six to seven weeks ago, eight weeks ago, mm-hmm. that would have just been much more bleak than the one we're doing now. So it I'm kind of happy. For sure. I'm really happy we're skipping that one because it would have been a crap load of B tier, very little A tier, and then town custodies. And that would yes, have been... Yes, there was, a, there was yeah. a period there right after, particularly um, right after the Craft World book dropped, where yeah. there were only two, three, four... I think there was a couple of weeks where we only had four factions that had better than a 50% win rate. Yeah, yikes. Yeah, right? the, the, the cap on what could perform was 
yeah. stiflingly thick. It was like, you know, Craft Worlds and Harlequins, Tau Custodes, and yeah. and Tyranids because of Crusher Stampede. So oh, exactly like, that was right. it yeah. for factions that were capable of performing over 50%. And that was catching pretty much the t- around the LVO meta. Sorry, that was the yeah, that post LVO a, meta. That was about yeah. a month after LVO, right? Yeah. So we had Craft Rule drop and uh, Harlequins came on the scene so strong. Custodies were still very strong. Tau also ridiculous. And then we had Crusher Stampede, which was kind of carrying Tyranids. And that meta was really bad because everything in Power awful. Armor just had no game into those those five, four or five factions. Even Craft Worlds was doing okay. It was like a 51, yeah. 52% win rate uh, based off of you know, how good Ultimate and Hail of Doom was doing, but the rest of the options weren't competing, right? But Harlequins were so busted. Um, and, uh, did, yeah. yeah, my lord. But now, the drastic changes we saw in the data slate have really opened things up. The top is still... There's issues for sure, like big mm. issues at the at the very very top echelon. But that second tier, that A to like high B tier of, of factions, is massive now. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping to see. I'm hoping to see the thick middle band back, like the yeah. thick potentials, um, potential contenders, rather than just a couple at the top. Anyway, jumping. So last time we did this, I keep the records of what our last faction ladder was. So mm-hmm. you guys are about to see a glimpse into the past. Six months ago, this is how things stood. C tier, bottom of C. Tier Imperial Fists, GSC, Astra Militarum, Tau, Raven Guard, Renegade Knights, and Craft World Eldar. B tier consisted of Blood Angels, Ultramarines, Tyranids, Necrons, Chaos Space Marines, Dark Angels, Salamanders, White Scars, Space Wolves, T Suns, Custodes, Death Guard, and Imperial Knights. Man, look at that. Look at all those factions that 100% have to have changed. Custodes and T Suns being the two that slap me in the face the most. I mean, Renegade Knights being at the bottom is uh, in the upper part of C tier, Imperial Knights being around B tier. Funnily enough, I expect Imperial Knights to stay about the same, um, which is interesting. But mind you, they were propped up back then by the Freeblade Lance and the Bagheera. A tier consisted of Black Templars, Death Watch, Harlequins, Chaos Demons, <laughs> Chaos Demons, Sisters, Grey Knights, Orcs, Iron Hands. And then S tier was simply Admech and Drukari. That's how mm-hmm. long ago That's how long this ago last this one was. was. Yes, indeed. Let us start off the new one, my man. So, yes. C tier. start at Let's... the bottom? We're going to start at the We're... bottom? Oh, we always, we, start at the... we always start at the bottom, man. Okay. So, the bottom right now... The like the Dest of tiers, almost I would say we've got. Do we need to add a D tier? It's that bad. I would say. I would say we could at, at this yeah, point. Let's do it. And I would say that Astra Militarum is that is that that bad of a spot right now. Oh, geez. I think so. At the bottom they, of the bottom of the barrel. They they have. I mean, uh, guard since the start of ninth. I've only ever hit T whip once. In an event that was a little like there was some uh, like mild controversy about how they even hit T Whip. Um, so once in the entirety of night, they're sitting and have sat below a forty percent win rate for basically the entirety of the edition. They're now as low as a thirty four percent, and that is with the improvements they've received in all three balanced data slates. They got worse following the um, Hammer of Emperor inc- yeah. uh, inclusion, right? Do you know yeah. why that is? Because so many people. Contempt- Screw them. Yes, they got that, and everyone was like, "Oh, I might be able to play guard again." And then Armor of Content meant didn't mean anything. Yeah, did not like, mean a damn thing. Super cool that your las guns explode, but I'm still rolling a two up on everything, right? Well, your neg three demolishes shoot me in cover, and I take a four up if I'm a space marine. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a real bad place for guard. I mean, luckily we've we've started seeing GW put out the picks for the new uh, the new squads. Yeah, boy. Um, I've heard I've heard some really good things about what a Lehman Russ can do. So you know, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the the kind of the the last the last run of of the ultra bad. 
bad because man guard guard struggle and to be honest there's a couple of factions that are only slightly above them but if we're looking even at itc battle app data for the last six weeks guard we've we still have over a thousand games played the vp differential for guard is 15 to the negative like their average oh, loss is 77 points and their average win wow. is, only, is only 62 that's horrible that 77 is one of the highest <laughs> for opponent vp the only i think the only faction higher is drukari and drukari still has a 52 percent win rate because people like kill a lot of drukari but drukari mm-hmm. still have that kill power back right yeah guard they do not have that follow-up kill power so that's 34 percent win rate and i think when i look at that uh, pythagorean da- data it's it it's even worse because they like their actual win percentage is 34 but given their vp differential you'd expect them to be between a 38 and a 39 and they're like they're just not good all around they mm. they don't play the mission well anymore yeah the only thing you're seeing anybody get wins with really is like ludicrous you know 300 conscript lists and honestly yep. there are enough factions out there that just don't care about that that mm-hmm. like you're relying on clocking your opponent out because they just want to kill as many conscripts as possible <laughs> yeah exactly um, right you're like the the gains on the primary are worth giving up the losses on uh, no prisoners yeah uh, Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, hit us off with the bottom of the seat here. Okay. Um, well, given it's been six months, but I think Admech now could be called that, you know, bottom of C tier. Uh, see, I still struggle conceptualizing this. I know that I know what the data says. I know what the stat says, but this is the faction that won the LVO. I know. Like this is the faction that went undefeated in the Crusher Stampede Custodies meta, town meta, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're the. You're telling me it's the second worst in the game. This they've is unbelievable had, to my mind. They've had only one instance of T Whip since we've seen Armor of Contempt. They had yep. been doing okay prior to Armor of Contempt, mm-hmm. but it was like such a big change. Armor of Contempt. We well, we saw people finally, you know, fully figure out custodies, which in custodies gave Siegler a very hard time at LVO. In fact, he probably a should have lost that semifinal he, game. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Even he says it like he he lost that game, and somehow, he, yeah, yeah. So, like, when you're talking about one of, if not the best player in the world, like playing into custodies, having such a hard time, and then we've seen basically every other faction other than guards see, well, even guards saw a buff, and Admex saw none of that, right? Because mm-hmm. they're still paying for what happened six months to nine months ago when they were just absolutely almost unbeatable. That extra armor pip for every power armor uh, faction has yeah. gives them a lot of trouble because a, a lot of the the Admex deal was, was mass firepower, AP one. Mass right um and that's that feature's gone so their their best you know two of their best units the the ranger blip brick and the vanguard brick just don't do anything they don't do a damn thing anymore in addition like so many other armies have a rust orker equivalent like repentia are just kind of better rust orcs at the moment yes now they are for sure and and there's something to be said for people just dropping them like right admech was always was a faction that was very hard to hobby up yeah Um, it featured like a complete redo basically coming in the ninth yeah massive prohibitively expensive in addition to needing some decent hobby skill and the codex is the hardest to wield of any codex we've seen in ninth edition it is the most unwieldy and knowledge intensive codex i think i think we've had yeah and like we're seeing it in the results they've gone down to they actually have um, less average vp per game than guard do holy they, crap wow. their their opposing vp is almost as bad as guards they're sitting at about a 39 percent win rate you know it's just it's not the best place for them and then in terms of t-whip like i said they've only had one instance of t-whip since uh since the switch over and their average first round loss is probably the only thing i think that hold that gives them any water for not being at the very bottom of c um mm. because it's at a pr- relatively respectable 2.17 
which is like something we we would see for a faction that had a 50 plus win rate yeah and i think that just goes to the fact that the people that are still holding on to admin uh, aren't terrible players yeah so they can get past that first game they can get past that second game it's when you get into that third round where you're playing against tyranids which you just don't have a game into or you're playing into harlequins or sisters and you yeah. say well now i guess I just lose, so. Well, that's exactly right as well. Like you talk about all the toughness, three infantry that need cover, and Halo Doom is just has a giggle and picks up your whole army. Yeah. Uh, what's the next in C? Um, I think we'll just you know cover off a couple of the Space Marine factions that just nobody plays because they're just the worst versions of them. Like Imperial Fists is definitely a kind of a, a C tier army right now. Um, they just always have been. They never will be better. So you mean Raven Guard comes in right next to them? I would say Raven Guard, yeah, because nobody's playing like Raven Guard. Interestingly, like I think that I think they're good. A, I think in a good hand in the in the hands of a really good player, if Tyranids didn't exist. Raven Guard yeah. has an option because yeah. of the changes to Bodyguard. You can you can put enough into like character assassination that you have a, a at least some kind of a game into say Tau mm. or Eldar if you if, if you if you play your cards right as it were. But it's not worth it right now the, in the in the current meta. Like there's just yeah. too much other stuff that doesn't care. So it feels uh, to me it feels like they're such a go first faction. In yes. addition, it's actually one of the few armies that are pu- somewhat punished for player place terrain because you need to the the pieces of terrain you need are the ones just inside your opponent's half of the table. That's mm-hmm. the one you need to place or you need to have the confidence in because that's where you need to stage. You need to get there and start your army there, like top of turn one. Um, yeah. And because you have no control over it, it seems like people are just like, well, I'm just going to keep the middle a little bit more empty than usual and Raven Guard just have to come through a huge killing field and get destroyed. What's next in C? Um, so we did Imperial Fists, Raven Guard, and you'll have to forgive me if I forget a, a Space Marine faction because uh, they're a, all the same to me now. I, I would say at this point, we could we could probably talk about Chaos Space Marines. They're in a in not the best spot, but they're about to get way better. Fingers crossed, everybody. We're like The game is so much better when CSM is strong. Like It's, yeah. just, it's just the truth. But, you know, one wound doesn't cut it right now. We're seeing, you know, occasionally we'll see someone come out with a janky Emperor's Children combo with something yep. that, that manages to, to make it to not the top table most of the time, but they, they can get to a top eight, yeah. right? Dude, there are, there are guys in Australia who are going, are regularly going five and one, four and one. Even yeah. threatening threatening top tables, but I think the faction as a whole just doesn't cut it. I mean, they're sitting at about a, at a thirty nine percent win rate the last five six weeks, even with the armor of contempt buff. In terms of uh, T whip, I believe uh, they haven't had anything hit T whip in the last little while. Um, I think there were a couple people playing Iron Warriors that uh, managed to do something. So, I, and I think that's it. There was maybe two players that got to a game five with Iron Warriors big boy time. Uh, and that yep. was about the extent of it really so far so yeah i i would put them in, in that c tier and i think at the top of c tier you've got you know death guard and chaos demons right now um outside of bellacore chaos demons haven't don't really have much we saw um a couple people do really well with uh like horror spam well not horror spam but yep. taking like a big block of 30 pinks and then just splitting, splitting them forever yeah Yep. Um, and trying to you know do board control, I've seen a couple of results from that. But once again, that's a, a Bellacore list that's relying mm-hmm. on that kind of that one that one bit of jank to to make them through the end of the game. Uh, but that list hasn't really has kind of struggled since. Death Guard hasn't seen T Whip in forever, and they they struggle to play the mission. Armor of Contempt yep. people thought might might help Blightlord spam lists, but they're so slow and they're so slow. Yeah, they, and they they don't do any damage anymore. Exactly. Like, they survive, cool. Yeah, you cool, you live. But your your actual damage dealing ability went down mm-hmm. um, because you only were operating off a couple of, a couple of pips of rend yourself. 
Exactly, so it, right? Like your plate yeah. flail is no longer picking up, you know, no. entire marine squads and things like that. It's just kind of it's getting Man. one or two vanguard vets and then you're yeah. like, well, I guess we're here for the rest of the game while exactly you jump right. over me and do your own thing. Yeah. Um so like Death Guard has struggled real bad in an Arma Contempt world. I'd say that like chaos in general, other than Chaos Knights, which have kind of come onto the scene relatively okay, like chaos in general and Bellacore, like it's 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 a it's a struggle. You really have to completely outplay your opponents to have a chance. Yeah, I agree. Plus they lost their, you know, tried and true evergreen unit in the PBC. Now yes. is no longer the the always takeable backbone of the death guard you know playbook mm-hmm. so uh, that sucks yeah. as well for them pretty hard all right uh, uh, so that's actually pretty good so there's a d tier we've got astro time just recapping uh c tier admech pure fists raven guard curse space marines death guard and demons our previous c tier was imperial fist gsc astro militarum tau raven guard renegade knights and Craftworld eldar so csm has been added to the c tier but of course tau renegade knights and gsc have left being replaced by raven guard Curse Space Marines and Death Guard. Mm-hmm. But in Demons, Demons was in A tier last time we did this. That's how long ago that was. So yeah. that's just slid, slid, great. Keepers of Secrets were still holding up that whole thing last time. Yeah, Keepers and Bellacore were kind of doing their best um, to put up results. And like I said, we're still seeing Bellacore lists kind of show up and and get into a top four here, here and there. I think we've hit, I think Demons as a whole has hit T-Whip twice in the last month and a half. But once again, it was these kind of Bellacore lists that were relying on yeah. extreme amount of jank and they weren't making it all the way. All right, B tier, let's kick it off. Um, B tier, oh, sorry, the other C tier. There is one more C tier and that's Necrons. And just like, I'm sorry, Necrons. You're just oh, I, I was really hoping they were going to make C tier. Uh, B like, tier. I was like, please, boys, please. They've had three instances of T-Whip in the last month and a half. So like you could almost argue they made the jump, but their win rate is so low. It's still only like a 42%. 41 percent it's it is a struggle for for the yeah. necrons like just they're this. on that borderline of like low b but i would say you, you could probably just argue at this point and most necron players would would fanatically agree that they're just like a high c army seeing necron players like smile and grimace at the same time like switch between the two when they heard that no line of sight shooting was going away yeah but that all their shooting was getting worse because of armor contempt. It changed. They're like, ah, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, it was, it was rough. It was rough yeah. seeing the kaleidoscope of emotion. Um, because you know, I oh, I really want Necrons to be good, guys. I want them to be good so much. And like the Silent King can carry a list now, at the very least. He was struggling a little bit before. If but if you don't play into Sisters or Tau or Tyranids, um. Like the Silent King can do a lot more work than he used to be able to. So there is that. And I, and I believe the the three lists we've seen hit T-Whip have all been something based around the Silent King just doing the Lord's work for people. So Well, that's exciting. Um, because funnily enough, rend in combat is not something they struggle for. Like mm-hmm. you can you can get rend four, like just by playing Novok and pick X melee unit, you will get mm-hmm. probably rend four, like any destroyer or whatever. Um but the sh- their shooting is so crap. It's it's abominably crap. Like, what have they got that's going to sit on the back of the table and threaten any power armor in cover? Like nothing. They've got nothing that I care that I care about. Um, it's it's terrible. Like the fact that they need to get within like eighteen inches in order to be threatening to units on objectives to flip them is absolutely a, like a travesty of the of the codex and of the the writing. I think it's really really bad. Yeah. Um, all right, on to B tier. Okay, I think you could put just about every base marine faction 
into like B tier other than Blood Angels and Dark Angels. Yep. Maybe Death Watch. At least from a statistic standpoint, we're, we've seen one or two uh, T Whip results from most Space Marine factions. Black, uh, you know, Black Templars have done it. Ultramarines have done it. Death Watch have done it once. Like, so like they, they all seem to be capable of, a, of at least getting to T Whip at a G tier or major event. Most of them, uh, Space Wolves have done it a couple times as well. And like when we look at uh, from a like a win percentage standpoint, Death Watch uh, from a, a, an ITC battle app only a forty percent win rate, but we've seen them like do a lot better at the, on the GT level. Um, and most of the others, surprisingly, Blood Angels have a really bad win rate in ITC battle app, but are actually doing oh, very really? well in the GT that stage. Is, yeah, but most of the rest of the factions are kind of in that like mid forties win rate for <laughs> when it comes to Space Marines. You know, you know what that is. That's like uh, practice games. We're like, oh well, practice games. I want to see if I don't have to take three units of Sangard, and then they learn yeah, every right? time that they have yeah. to take three units of Sangard. <laughs> They're like, exactly. okay, well, I guess. <laughs> um, so B tier so far. I have White Scars, Iron Hands, Ultras, Salamanders, Black Templars, Death Watch, and Space Wolves. Yeah, I could say that. And you could like, you could make an argument for Space Wolves or Death Watch being slightly better. I think Space Wolves could potentially what... be like low A. Yeah, because like they do, like they they do do things a lot uh, very well. But <laughs> a forty-seven percent win rate isn't what I would call amazing for Space Wolves. Um, well, I'm going off your call, mate. Are they going to stay at the top of B or should let's we put should them at stay? the top of B? Let's put them at the top of B. Just get them in there. Um, Gene Steeler cults are, are are very much a heavily entrenched B tier army. We're they, not really uh, seeing too many good results out of them. They're still holding strong to like that 46, 47 percent win rate. They have hit T Whip once as a faction since the changes. The Armor of Contempt changes were uh, like weren't just another blow to a faction that was already kind of struggling. They're they're really relying well, on tricks to get through the day. Exactly right it pushed them from being an army that could like play a killing based game to being where drakari was post pre their codex which was we are just here to play the mission what you do maybe we'll kill two of your maybe we'll kill one of your good units this game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. apart from that it's just engage in banners and and r&d and just playing and to deny some primary and be everywhere whenever we want to but we're not killing anything we're not really shaking the, the cage so to speak um which is a shame because i think they have the perfect ninth edition codex i think that is if the best codex for ninth edition the most balanced fair exciting codex we've seen mm, i agree and like it was very hard to judge just how good it was going to be, right? Because it played so so interestingly. But it just it came out at a time when so much other stuff was so much better. Oh, right? uh, it that got it just been. got it just got straight up eclipsed because it yeah. came out at the start of the trio of GSC custodies and Tau, and it came out and you're like, well, these 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 things are not the same. These are no. not built upon the same <laughs> metrics, upon nope, the completely different design philosophies. Like this one is thematic and exciting, and you have to work to get your meal. You know, your crossfire, you're exposed, you're you know popping up, popping up, popping down, all this stuff, and then custodies like her, der, pay CP, I can't die, win game. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, next up, orcs. Orcs are like orcs are an army that a lot of people think are really bad. Um, and I think that's more because the internal balance of the orc codex is it's terrible, terrible. And the stuff that was absolutely busted got nerfed so hard, and it just keeps getting nerfed because armor of contempt and the changes to um, line of sight really make Ruckatruck squig buggies effectively useless now. Um, where before they were so broken, and now you can only take three. They're hitting on sixes almost all the time, and they're so overcosted for what they can do now. And now like, they 
yeah, ridiculously for sure. have COVID costed. And then like, yeah, so orcs, but orcs have, have managed to like, especially at like smaller GTs, but we have seen a couple, we've seen that uh, mortal wound build that Marshall Peterson and Adrian Phillips have brought to a couple events do really well. You know, yep. Marshall got to what, six and O at BAO or five and O yep. at BAO um, with it. So like they've had five instances of T-Whip um, since this, that's, uh, this that's whole change. That's very encouraging. And that's see- like, yeah, they, they have the stuff. It's just a hollow book, man. Like I open it up is. that book and there's just no, there's nothing written on the pages because you can't use any of it. You get one page, one page of use out of that book at all times. You yeah. know, okay, I can use this page of this book or I can use this page. It's not the and, it's never and this page. It's really exactly. rough. Um, and the unit choices just aren't there. Like they need wholesale buffs. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm just happy they're in B tier. I actually, when we didn't put them in C tier, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Fantastic. You know? I mean, they've had <laughs> yeah. like five instances of undefeated lists. They've they've like, they've like done decently well, um, usually at smaller events. But like I said, Marshall managed to pull off that like really great feat at BAO. Mm. Like golf lists can still take out a small GT if they avoid the, the, the worst matchups for them because Gazgul sometimes will just carry you in an event. Yep. They struggle so hard into power armor though. Um, and it's just lucky enough for them that they're really other than i would say blood angels there isn't a power armor faction that's just like winning everything right and even blood angels isn't winning everything but they're they're doing more they're doing better and better as people realize like you can just unga bunga blood angels yes exactly right they are they are they're picking up where custodians left off essentially yeah in my mind they definitely are any other bts uh, let me see. I'm just kind of scrolling through my stats here. Like you could make an art. I, I would say maybe we do put Dark Angels in B tier. They have only a 43% yep. win rate, but you know they've had three. Four, they've had three lists go uh, hit T Whip. They've had two undefeated. So that that's worse than Orcs are doing. And we've got Orcs in B tier, so they should probably yep. be there too. Despite what I think Dark Angels are capable of. Dark Angels are falling into well, Dark Angels list design is falling into a massive trap now of being utterly predictable. Like you see a Dark mm. Angels list, and you're just like, well, this is just terrible. Terminators. I know how to deal with Terminators. I've been dealing with Terminators for the last two years. Yeah. I know exactly how to play this game. There is nothing new or exciting here. Cool. You're going to get 85 points. I'm going to get 86. You know, that's pretty much how I see so many Dark Angels games going. And it's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. And I think I think that just about covers the B tier. Maybe when I'm we're going through A tier, because there's a good amount of factions in A tier, I might hum and haw statistically over some choices. Like Grey Knights are definitely like bottom of A, top of B. They've got a decent win rate, you know, 53%. They've had seven factions hit, uh, seven lists hit uh, T-Whip. So, you know, they're definitely not terrible. Have they gone up or down since Armor of Contempt? Because their their durability spiked amazingly, but their killing power has, the arse has fallen out of their killing power. Like, especially from range. I think they went up, but barely, right? Like they, they were, they did, they were doing so well in the LVO meta. Just before the LVO meta, I think Custodes really hurt them really badly and then they didn't get any better with all of these you know broken books coming one after another and they kind of kept dipping and dipping in this in-between time since we last did this to where you know i I would have said they were a a b-tier army uh for sure but armor of contempt has given them just enough stability where you're seeing the paladin bomb come back um and thunder hammers can still kill stuff we're seeing yep. the Dread Knights coming back into the picture because a big sword does big damage when it needs to. They're like with Thousand Suns being as strong as they are now, like having that that psychic power, it shuts down another one of like the the A tier armies. And I think that's what really gives Grey Knights that kind of low A tier potential is they can counteract some of the psychic shenanigans of Tyranids, but more importantly, they can deal with a faction that's almost at their level because I think Grey Knights are now slightly below Thousand Suns. Yeah, I agree. But they can, like they can they can stand up to them, and uh, so yeah, I'd say they're they're a low A tier army as Grey Knights as the yep. the next faction to talk about. 
All right. What's next after them? Um, let's let's just do Blood Angels because Blood Angels are a faction with a very low win rate, but they're 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 winning events, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like they've had they've had five uh, five lists hit T Whip. They've had four go undefeated in the last six weeks. You know, Stephen Box had that amazing run at BAO where he was Dude. the only person undefeated until yeah. the final round. If that was a conventional, we just play until there is one undefeated player. That was Stephen it, Box with Blood Angels. It was Stephen Box, right? In a hundred and forty something player event, like it was actually yep. kind of crazy impressive. And it's it like we like I just said, it's an unga bunga list. It's you know, <laughs> I take between twenty and thirty sanguinary guard. I take five to ten uh, death company, depending on if you're worried about uh, knights. Um, and then you've got Dante or, uh, chapter master of choice, uh, sanguinary ancient sanguinary priests. And like, that's basically your list. And then it's, do you take Vanguard vets or in Steven Box's case, um, we had the, the assault centurions, which was a really good choice for player place terrain. Um, because it gives him a really great anchor unit that he can keep out in the open early turns. And then you know you have Sam Procopio running aggressors as in that slot. Yeah, same slot. Yeah. Less kind of, but same idea. So like, it's basically seventeen hundred points of Sanguinary Guard and Death Company, and then you have three hundred points to play with. But the list is very much like I'm just going to hit you and everything in this list now basically mm. as a one up armor save. Yep. So you're not going to kill it in time, and it works. Yeah. It works real good. Man, I, I my personal preference in that list is to chuck like three land speed of storms um, and freaking. Uh, I really like the little assault marine squads. I actually quite like that. Yeah. And I'm seeing a couple people bring them as eliminators because you Ooh, can yeah. turn one, move, shoot, move, charge. Yeah. yeah right? Just have a little threat. Well, that's what I was going to say about the storms. You can actually put some scouts with in the, the storms. storms. Uh, Sam Procopio used scouts. We, uh, I think Anthony Vanella's latest list, he had been using Voidsman in, in the storms um, yeah. just to be cheeky, but I think he's gotten rid of in the storms. He has two storms that just kind of fly around and do their own thing. Yeah, that's fair. I like I like all these little variations on what is essentially the core, the, uh, a core of savagery, I approve. A core of Sanguinary Guard and then four yeah. to eight Thunder Hammers to deal with the bigger problems. Exactly right. But yeah, Blood Angel's definitely like in that in that kind of low to mid A tier where the, you, you need to have an answer for them. It's just also... It's a list where th- your your opponent's not going to be doing anything mind blowing because the strats yeah. aren't there to do that, right? It's like this guy's just going to move fourteen inches and charge me a lot. I would say Drukari are also a tier. We've seen eight lists hit T Whip. We've had six of them go undefeated. They've they've d- come really close at a lot of big events uh, of yep. late, like six rounders. Their average first loss is two point five, which is amazing. Like that's yeah, in the man. past that would be an S tier capable list. Yeah, uh, by far. Um, so they're definitely an A tier army. Fifty two percent win rate. Like it's it's all beautiful things coming out of Drukari. I think yeah. that there's it's just like some other factions appear a little more glorious to to make it. Well, Drukari just seem to be in a perfect place at the moment. I mean, the, yeah, I've had a lot of Drukari players lament the fact that they have no relevant shooting at the moment, which is fair. Like a, a having a feeling like you have zero relevant shooting units is pretty rough. It's a pretty mm-hmm. like rough place to be. But uh, the fact is, they they play the mission phenomenally well, and they've got the, some of the best surgical melee units in the game, like in Incubi and their characters, just can kill anything. Yep. Exactly. Also in A tier, we've got uh, Thousand Suns, which we just talked about with Grey Knights. Another army that's had, you know, well, they've had nine lists go hit T. Yeah. Eight of those lists went undefeated. Dude, an average good. first loss of two, like 1.99, which is something we'd consider for like a middling faction. Their win rate is, it hovers around uh, between 45 and 55, depending on the week. I think overall they're at about a 47, 48. So mm-hmm. they probably should be lower than, say, Drukari. But when you see them in the right hands, they're phenomenal, right? Those big mortal wound bombs. And la- dude, I'm still seeing more and more new tech come out of that 
uh, mm-hmm. book. Like there are still unexplored sections of that book. Like I'm, I, I've got dudes in Australia playing Cult of Mutation now, and I'm like, what the hell does that even what? Huh? I only yeah. know that there's only two cults in that book, isn't there? <laughs> like there's, there's time <laughs> and duplicity, right? right? And there's like there's right? nine of them, and I'm like, what? Uh, yeah, what does it do? It's it's kind of phenomenal that we're still like plumbing depths of this one. And plus, people are doing stuff with uh, Kabbalistic ritual points that you just you can't you can't plan for. You can't no. comprehend until it is done to you, and you're like, "What?" Uh? So you channeled it through this guy over there, like a synaptic thing, and then you just did ten mortal wounds to me, and I'm now on an objective that I thought I was 100 percent going to get. That sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so Thousand Suns are in a really exciting place. If they had a couple more unit options, like if they had a fast, merely something that was relevant, like uh, not spawn. You know, I'm talking. I'm talking like moves 12 inches with fly you know and a, a vanguard veteran equivalent or a heavy weapons equivalent like if they had like a, de- a havoc squad with soul reapers cannons like that that would be a oh man they'd be pushing Tier at that point yeah um, for sure they, they, the army list are just missing a couple of pieces but apart from that like Man, it's it's a good day for Tison's players. Yeah, no, I think I think they're definitely in, in a spot, and we've seen Magnus doing work again, which something we hadn't seen yeah, in a long time. Um, I always like when a Primarch isn't busted, but is capable mm. of carrying takeable. a list from time to time, right? Just like same want, with Simon yeah. King. Just want them to be takeable. Your cool mm-hmm. linchpin centerpiece, you know. So I don't want them to be auto includes. Sorry, auto yeah. includes is the word I was looking for. Yeah. yeah. Um, another A tier and um, an A tier army, and this is one that I think a lot of people didn't think would stay A tier after their changes. Um, and it was an S tier army for a long time. But um, Adeptus Custodes, they got they hit got hit so many times, but they've still managed to have you know ten lists hit T whip. They're they're having lists go undefeated to this time. Their average first round loss is two point two, which mm. is not terrible at all. Like that's that's quite respectable. I believe week to week they're generally yep. in the low fifties for win rate. In ITC Battles app, they're still at like a 57, 58% win rate, like consistently mm. for the last six weeks. Um, so, you know, outside of tournament play, it's a very easy army to play. Um, you're really just like, yep. how am I, how am I sorting out my katas? We're starting to see people try new things, but it's really come down to instead of um, what we saw before, basically everybody's just like, I'm, it's dreadnought spam and dreadnoughts bikes. Dreadnoughts and bikes. Yeah. And, and, and then I. Uh, that's the list. Is it is it zero Caladius or two or, or one or two Caladius? Or one or two Caladius, right? Yeah. Like um, I, there's some some fools in New Zealand running three Caladius right now. I think they're <laughs> just crazy, but that's New Zealand. Uh, they're their own thing. Yeah, um, they do their thing. They're good people. <laughs> um, the so custodies players the world around bemoan the changes that came their way, and I was yeah. of I before before I even said that I expected them to be a the bottom of A or the top of middle of B to the middle of B somewhere in between that range the fact that they're like the middle of A is still pretty crazy to me like yeah. with armor of contempt coming through with all this stuff they're still at the middle of A I'm impressed to say they've, the least like we've we've definitely seen a little bit of innovation but most of it's come down to the dreadnoughts were still amazing so oh, you know they're, everything they're, oh. So, yeah. you know, I just don't run as much troops or if I'm running troops, I'm running them differently. Like we have seen some people kind of go to some more troop spammy lists running five or six units of three. Um, we've seen the Melta Spears come out uh, in a couple lists and do well. Uh, I think just one, but still, when I saw it, I was like, "Good for you! Good for you for yeah. bringing those boys out and and making a run at it." Um, so yeah, like I'm pretty impressed with where Custodes are landing. Um, outside of Custodes, uh, Sisters of Battle, you know, they've had eleven lists at T Whip. Um, they've had uh, you know nine or ten go undefeated. Average first round loss is relatively low at one point eight three, and I think that's because when it comes to Sisters, there's only like one or two builds that are functional and people yeah. 
people have have tried to branch out right like we've seen we saw once again like valorous heart pop out as like everyone needs to run valorous heart now because the no rerolls to wound is so strong and it felt like it was so strong and we thought the same thing with salamanders and while valorous heart has had a couple of decent results bloody rose just tends Too to good. be better right oh, like it's, it's well, they got a supplement, man. There's like just more yep. rules if you play that. If you play that one, if if, yep. if the supplement didn't exist, I think Valorous Heart might be taking just a, only a little bit less than Bloody Rose. Yep. Um, as it's right now, there's just you just get more stuff for taking this one over this one, and so it just you just take the one with more stuff. Um, uh, uh, this does, I am I am gratified to say that my hot takes um, from a couple of months ago, uh, sorry, well a month ago, have held true, and that. Sisters is the best performing ar- armor contempt army because I said that as soon as as soon as it came out the the data slate I was like bam Sisters is going to be the best of these because yeah, a lot of people saying ah, a lot of people saying it was going to be Grey Knights or Salamanders I'm like nah it's Sisters like it's it's a it, it's it's between I would say Sisters and Grey Knights like I don't think like Grey Knights have a slightly better win rate Sisters only sitting at about a fifty percent. But sisters have won events where Grey Knights haven't, right? Exactly. So Grey Knights have have had, uh, like sisters have had mo- well, like much more T-Whip representation because yeah. the top end of sisters is just, I think is just, like their top end is just better than the Grey Knight top end. Their, their list yeah. of diversity is stronger. You know, we've seen Paragon Warsuits become a viable option again. Yeah, man. Or yeah. not again, ever. Um, because yeah. armor, that, giving them that one-up <laughs> armor just kind of made the slight difference yeah. they needed. Um, so yeah, like I, I do think that sisters are, are a fantastic army, and, and they're in that mid to top tier. And we've seen like Art of War talk them up to no end. Jack Harpster is really behind them, um, and for good reason. Like they, yeah, in terms of T Whip, uh, sisters are like the only things that are above them are the armies that I would say are um, S tier armies at this point. Um, so they're the top of A, you think? In terms of like T Whip, yeah, with them and Custodes, mixed Eldari lists, you know, the lists that are that are kind of diluting themselves, like those are all kind of the top of A, just because of their winning capability more than anything. Yep. So is that it for A tier or onto S tier? Yeah, and I, I think there'd be some people that would argue that the, the next two armies I'm about to talk about should probably just be the top of A, but I'm gonna call them like a like I'm gonna call them S tier because like there's a large gap between these guys and the next it, one down. Yeah, yeah. So we're right? talking about Harlequins as one of these, yeah? Yeah, Harlequins and Tau. Um, yeah, Harlequins Tau, yeah. Like Harlequins they have they have very little field percentage. They're only three percent of the field. They've still had twenty lists hit T Whip. They've still had you know thirteen, fourteen lists go undefeated in the last six weeks. Frequently, we're seeing them in the sixtieth percentile for win rate or higher at GT level, like week to week to week. A lot of people thought they would die because of those massive point increases to Void Weavers, but anybody that knew anything was like, no, losing two mm-hmm. Void Weavers does not make the list bad. Nah, nah. So you didn't need people who were taking nine. Even them who were there taking nine, they were like. After I've shot my sixth or seventh Void Weaver, one or two of them doesn't really shoot anyway. Exactly. So it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter at all. Uh, yeah, I think they're f- just fine. In fact, I think I think their lists are better now because they're not taking just just Void Weavers. Like I think I think if they if if Void Weavers didn't get touched and Armor Contempt got got added in, people would have just somewhat cracked the code on what is the perfect thing to take to beat Voids. Yeah, um, and, and it, it would have been so hard. Good. <laughs> they're insanely good they're still ridiculous they're they still one of the best they things by the far have the most like vp per game of any faction yeah. like they're they broke they've broken 80 like there's and there's no faction that you that i think i've seen do that and well, like, forgive my 80 more than 80 points per game that's, that's like win or lose 
And yeah. this is over over a thousand games of data that I've got here from uh, from ITC Battle.net. They're scoring almost 81 points per game. And I don't remember a faction that has consistently done that for that long. Like I've seen it in, in small dosage. You'll see like, you know, Death Watch or something where only mm. maybe 10 people have played them. But like yeah, more than 80 points per game, their opposing, their opposing VP is ridiculously low as well. It's only like 63 or 64. They're just like such a good faction. And it's it's funny to me because I I we get those like weekly Reddit posts that are you know this is the weekly win rate and people will analyze those or they'll analyze just like small amounts of data and I'm always it grinds my gears when you see like when we see one week of data and people try to small, make points yeah small sample size there's two things one there's a lot of people that are like man everybody forgot about Harlequins and I'm like who forgot about them stop it it's like nobody <laughs> did you have to know they're strong the only reason why we don't talk about them as much as as we probably should be is because there are two two factions that statistically are better like and well let's talk about tower for a minute before we move on tower's weird right because they are they're still at the same they they pose all the same linear issues that i bemoan dark Mm -hmm. angles for in a lot in a lot of ways where it's like hey i'm gonna come at you exactly this way but you just can't seem to stop it. Like you just—they're just, just going to do it. And um, there's the advent of hammerheads, which I think I know is coming through in my mm-hmm. local scene. And I heard whispers of in the states before I left of hammerheads being like the next thing yep. you're going to see. Um, tell us a little bit about their their stats at the moment. So How in the sitting? last six weeks since all these changes, we've had 23 towel lists at T-Whip. 15 of the 15 That's of them have gone undefeated. Their games and winning position is 42. That means that you know at six, seven, eight round events, they're going either the distance or you know they're they're just barely like they're getting stopped in that sixth round instead of like immediately in that yeah. fifth round which we see with a lot of factions um you know they make up eight percent of t-whip share they're still almost 10 percent of the field they're still extremely popular their average first round loss 2.27 is you know a faction where you should see them in about a 53 54 yeah. win rate we're seeing them at about that rate on itc battles app and and at a gt level but they're just fully capable of winning and yes we're seeing a lot of hammerhead builds come out doing very well like usually it's two hammerheads long strike and then maybe you'll see two of the um the sky strike missile uh, sky hammer ones yep uh, in in lists really? yeah, we've seen those come cool. out but the two hammerheads plus long strike is kind of when in a hammerhead built list Dude. seems to be the way to go yeah yeah uh, they deal yeah. With, with like tyranid monsters very well they uh, because of the the re-rolls that they get it's it's a very strong army dude they they deal with everything like i saw um hammerheads just picking up um crisis sorry i scared yeah. cult units just like bang, here's here's one dead uh, and three mortal wounds at the end. Is another dead. So every time you shoot, you like hit wound two dead, hit wound two dead. It's kind of crazy. No, they're 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 an ex- extremely solid unit, and we've also seen in Europe and now in North America because uh, Seth the Mad Doc, uh, Mad Doc Oscar uh, Oster managed to take a a, a kind of janky uh, European style crisis list all the way at mm-hmm. oh, what was it Rocky Talk Rumble last week or the week before you know yeah. 120 some odd person event only lost to Brad Chester. It's and and it's it's a we've seen like the move to just instead of running airburst we're seeing just plasma being the way to go just run as much plasma as you possibly can yeah seth's list was so unique yep. because it, it took that um unique trait where when you charge you get obsec on the on the um on the crisis suit so it was take as many crisis suits mm-hmm. as i can with uh, with you know a balanced amount of drones i'm going to have a charge phase which a lot of people don't expect out of tau and now i've got 15 yep. models worth of uh, objective secured and Obsec, you have to yeah. kill six to ten shield drones to to even touch these dudes mm-hmm. they punch 
decently well, and but they didn't have to anyway. And then next turn, I back off, I fall back and shoot, I, or I just stay in combat and shoot you in yep. combat because I'm allowed to do that. It's a very, very interesting list to see played. I loved watch, uh, watching Seth play it. I know he's really trying to figure out a way to deal with Eldar because that is, I believe, the biggest weakness mm-hmm. for Tau right now um, is, cra- is Hail yeah. of Doom. Craft World Eldar is just so good into them. They have every tool. Like, I mean, you, when you add in having a strong Eldritch mm-hmm. Storm game into Tau, in addition to having a better secondary game, they can't shut down your psychic phase at all. You just get a psychic secondary yep. of your choice. Um, is It's very, very and your, rough. Your drones like, that usually are like the, well, you know, I know my opponent has these two big hits they're going to do to me. I can toss them off on drones and then you get Hail of Doomed and it's like, well, I guess I just have to pick up all 10 drones now or mm-hmm. I'm going to lose three crisis suits. Like it's it, like Eldar have such a good game into Tau and, and we're seeing that. So like Tau's numbers are super great. In the past, I would consider them an A tier army, uh, like the highest of A tier, but because of how things have kind of skewed, I'm putting them in S because they're just so, so much better than the next one down, right? Well, them and Harlequins. I was about to say, tell me, tell me about the gap. Like, because there is a cliff between S and A, which is why we've still got yeah. this differentiation. So the bottom of S is Tau and Harlequins. Yeah. Harlequins. What's the gap between them and Custodians? So if you look at Custodians and Sisters, they make up about 3% of T-Whip. 3 to 4% of T-Whip is Custodians and Sisters. Tau and Harlequins make up about 8% apiece in the last six weeks. Ah, yeah, yeah. more than double. That's, it's, that's and then huge. if you look at win rates, like Custodians uh, on the ITC Battle Lab side of things, really high win rate. But if you look at GT level, it's, it's much lower, 52, 53. So they're almost on par with Tau. There's just slightly lower on the win rate side, but they they don't have they don't have the same T whip. They don't they're they're not getting to game five as, as much. Like they whereas Tau actually has that game. If you look at their faction versus faction statistics, you know, I've said Craft World has Tau's number and it's very true. Like yeah. crap like Custodies and Sisters, Craftworld has their number too by like a much bigger number. And it's the same with with NIDS. Like the, those are our two big boys. Like if if uh in a if someone were to say, Peter, you're wrong, Tau and Harlequins are just A tier, like I would be like, cool. I'm not gonna fight you. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be fine. <laughs> like, like we we could we could create yeah, an A plus. I mean, but Harlequins have a sixty two percent win rate, right? <laughs> like so it's hard not oh, to I mean, exactly like, right. Exactly. Right. Just really, like, just deal with it. Yeah. This is you can't no. say this is fine. Where they've got above do anything above fifty seven is no. not fine. Anything um, like in the past it, I would say yeah. fifty five. Um but yeah. Yeah, we're beyond we're beyond that. Like ninth edition is beyond that. <laughs> you know, we've there's always been a an outlier, a sixty a sixty plus percenter in ninth edition. So we just got to accept. Um, but uh, so the the top two Assyriani and Tyranids. I'm assuming Tyranids over Assyriani. So like I said, when it, like Tyranids, these numbers are the numbers we always talk about when we talk about like Iron Hands comparison or Jukari when they were at their best or Admech the or whoever. Mm. Right, this thirty percent T Whip share. That's kind of like where we normally top out. It's somewhere between 30 and 40 because it's just so hard to get any higher. They make up 12% of the field nids do now. Um, you know, 83, lists, 83 lists have gotten to T-Whip um, in the last six weeks that are nid lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, you know, the next best is Craft World at 29. So What the? F- that's, n- wait, say that again. 86 to 29? 83 to 29. 83 to 29 that's toxic that's uh again that's yeah we we would be in any other meta we'd be talking about the game ending like they're they are (laughs) making it so you can't play the game but it just so happens we have three factions that are would all be we'd be saying that about all of these factions if any other of the three weren't there yeah yeah like nids are just crazy and you know this is after we've seen you know a a minor set of nerfs now Mm -hmm. 
I do. I have heard through the grape, grapevine we're going to see a large set of Tyranid nerfs coming um, in the next time we see a points adjustments yeah. um, from well, pretty see, reliable sources. So, well, th- well, that's the thing, right? Like they just need. I think I only think they need points adjustments to bring. I agree. Back line. If they had, if they had, uh, like ten to twenty percent less army, it'd be a lot more manageable. Yeah, and I think Reaper of Obliterac should be should be adjusted. Just delete um, it. Little... Control F, control, yeah, control or delete Reaper of Obliterac. The more claws are good enough. Like you know, you don't need to don't need something better than that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so like this two point eight three for a first round loss. Like it's all the numbers. Like Tyranids are like the S'est of S tiers. Craft yeah. worlds are in here because like Hail of Doom and to a much lesser extent Althway are just great. Hail of Doom should just be the like when when you pick. Like Hail of Doom should Exclusive, just be a craft yeah. world. You should just be like, yeah. here's the new craft world. It's Boogaboo. It's just Hail of Doom. You can't well, get it anywhere else. Like, don't well, give them masterful shots or warded or anything like that on top of it, right? Well, that's the thing. It's two dot points already. It's already the Hail of Doom is already two rules. Yeah. It's you your six is auto wound and your six is counter shuriken. Your six yep. is to hit counter shuriken. There you go. There's two rules there that can be mutually mutually exclusive. Don't get ignore cover as well. Uh, and then like I think Ulthway's better or as good and by default, because it makes you um, have a much more welded army, gives you access to Eldrad. I think Ulthway would be better. Mm-hmm. And there's a and lot, then, there are there are definitely dude, a lot of people that think that. But man, dude, and like they've actually got crazy good builds. Like Beltan's awesome. Like it's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a and it's definitely a thing where I think Craft World Eldar book is so good. Um, and it was it was at first it was overlooked. It was kind of overlooked a little bit because Harlequin was just yeah. so much better. Um, but now that we've seen, you know, Brad Chester, Sean Dayton, all these guys move to these Hail of Doom lists, it's like, wow, okay, well, obviously that's the best. Althway is second best, but only slightly. And then there are all these really great other builds that we'll see come out once things start to get nerfed. But yeah, like Hail of Doom is so good. I want so I understand if you don't have the stats on this, there's a lot of stats to be kept. I want to know where where Asuriani sans Hail of Doom sits. Are they? Because uh, well, my opinion is they're an A tier army. I'm not sure they're an S tier army without Halo Doom. Oh, I. You know what, Adam? Like I, I think I looked this up about a week ago, and I know some other people have have shown me similar data. I want to say that they are in the, like the low 50th percentile for win rate, like around 51 or 52. They definitely yeah. don't have the same T whip because most well, Halo, most lists that are hitting T whip for them are well, Halo of Doom. It's a well, couple Elfway, and that's it. Well, this is the thing, though. When when uh, it's, it's a hard thing for me to t- to say to you because the statistics will be unreliable because all the best players of that faction are mm-hmm. playing the best build, which we know is Hail of Doom. So tracking for anything else is tracking the diehards, the people who are just in love with that. Exactly. Whatever. So it, it by definition it makes for a more a less competitive um, data set. Uh, exactly. so to speak and that's what that's what besmirching any people like it's, you're playing what you love i respect you more than the meta jumping you know who's and has whatever um but uh yeah so you, my, my gut feeling is asurani without hail of doom is probably the top of a tier oh yeah for sure i would say I, I, like i have seen the strength of of a really good player playing Althway. same it's um Terrifying. It's quite good. It's in yeah. it, yes, I would say like it could also be a uh, S tier. I, I but like that Hail of Doom list, it's so hard not to play it when you once you've seen someone do it right. Like if Man. you go and watch that Rocky Top Rumble finale where Brad Chester is like eight sheets to the wind. I don't know mm-hmm. if he just didn't stop drinking for six days or what. <laughs> but but Seth Seth is berating him the whole game to keep it because they're they're friends. Like he's berating yeah. him to keep him on track. Um, and he just clowns on him, just like and, just and casually Brad clowns. Just, yeah. 
destroys Seth. And I don't think mm-hmm. Seth made too many mistakes in that game. He just didn't have a game into him. And this was after Dude. Seth like plowed what five other players. He had one very close game that ended in a draw um, against Nids. And then he hits Brad and Brad's just like, well, we're not really going to have a game. I'm going to beat you like 95 to 20 and you're just going to deal with Ugh. it. <laughs> like, Jeez. Uh, I, I played a Halo Doom list at an event recently myself and in the first game i was like ah this is just like guard with good rules right let's just play like a pretty defensive kill kill what you can see every turn win the mission and by the end of it i was like just 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 throw the crap in there just throw the crap in and roll dice until they're gone just um it's just it was such a meme fest like at the start yeah yeah it was so stupid by the end of it like i had a a unit of nine dire avengers pick up the equivalent of seven paladins fully buffed oh yeah like great paladins Absolutely it's just, just what the what the why why should they be able to do that like yeah, um, yeah a lot of sixes exploding sixes is, is, yeah the, yeah what happened there um uh, so yeah as it sits right now we're gonna go, recap from top to bottom for you guys there's one we'll thing discuss. I should mention we haven't done yep. um we didn't talk about knights um I should have said it before the only reason why I didn't really want to pin them yet is because they've only really been out for two weeks in the wild and one yeah, of those weeks was weeks. kind of a fifty yeah. percent. Um, I would early early on suggest that they are a high B, low A tier army. Um, yep. Both for both, I think Chaos Knight. I think uh, the initial view was that Imperial Knights were going to be better, but I think I the, disagree now. I think yeah. the War Dog lists for mm-hmm. Chaos Knights are just they're just Jacked. just stronger. They're just uh, so much stronger. Um, Imperial Knights do have some janky combos, but they'll only become good in a in a heavier vehicle meta. Like if Knights became super strong, um, then I think Imperial Knights take the day because of their mortal wound bombs they can pull out. Yeah. But um, in the current w- world that we're playing in, uh, CK just sli- just just better. Yeah, my first impression, so reviewing both of the books with Anthony on on this show, if you're listening to it, this is go back a couple of weeks, you got a month of me and Anthony reviewing all the chaos stuff. And our first impressions were Imperial Knights are going to end up higher because they've got a more well-rounded rule set. Mm -hmm. Um, And that that, that was pretty much where we left it. I now am of the opinion that Imperial Knights have a much nicer scoring curve, a much nicer play style into more options, but the ceiling is like uh, actually significantly higher for Renegade Knights and what they can accomplish. Yeah. Um, and also, I feel like Renegade Knights are, ooh, I, I don't want to say the word toxic, but they're going to be a feel-bads gatekeeper. Mm. Like I played against Renegade Knights the other day, and I had a turn where I could have won the game, uh, by you know exploding out of my deployment zone with two Terminator bricks and just killing a bunch of knights, I failed three d- dread tests and then yeah. I did nothing that turn and the game was over. Uh, <laughs> you know, and the game just was over. I went from being in a position to almost table him and w- and him not being able to come back to failing three dread tests and I can no longer win the game. Um, yeah. And so it's going to happen. That's going to happen to people. And Imperial Knights cannot put that hoodoo on you. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas uh, Chaos Knights will just psychologically mess up your day because you're trying to account for an extra feel bad faction and you're trying to not put yourself. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's a hard. It's going to be a hard thing for people to quantify, and it's gonna it's gonna cause some people to get unhappy because I'm I sure. think. That, yeah, I, while I like the I love the dread table. I love the thematic elements of it. Um, it's punitive. It's a punitive yeah. system. It's it's all stick, no carrot. Like, um, yeah, I was about to ask you this at the end after we did the recap like why are knights not accounted for and i knew why i just wanted you to tell oh, everybody okay. um 
So are you happy for me to chuck them both at the top of B and we'll revisit in a couple of months? Sure. Let's just do that. Toss them in there. Yeah. We'll see what, what actually comes out. If these arm, if these war dog lists really do put up the numbers, or if maybe we see some, some real janky mortal wound bombs from Imperial Knights, uh, make the day. Cause you never know when a list is going to come out. That's just like the way to deal with the meta, right? So. Well, yeah, everyone who, everyone who's lost their mind about the, um, Imperial Knights mortal wound strat, it's actually kind of not the thing. It's actually kind of unheralded. It's mm-hmm. it's a uh, two games out of six. It's gonna gonna impact the the end result because um, yeah. it's just so unreliable to come off. You pay all the CP and then you wait to see if you get the sixes. And sometimes yeah. you don't get the sixes, or the guy, or you only get to use that strat once in a game because your opponent picks up that knight immediately. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. uh, and whatnot. Um, and if that if that is your whole game plan, like losing your crusader top of turn one because you didn't get your buffs off, you didn't get to do all the all the stuff, is is like you know game over, man. See ya. Uh, all right. So top to bottom on this thing, we have a D tier for the first time in our faction ladders, which has a single faction of Astra Militarum. Unfortunately, everyone pour one out. Hopefully, it's not for long. Uh, C tier is Admech, Imperial Fists, Raven Guard, Chaos Space Marines, Death Guard, Chaos Demons, and Necrons. Um, any of those you expect to... Oh, no, we'll, we'll do that at the end. Uh, B tier is White Skies, Iron Hands, Ultramarine Salamanders, Black Templars, Death Watch, uh, Space Wolves, or a la Misk, uh, Power, Misk Space Marines. Yep. Then we have G- GSC, Orcs, and Dark Angels, Renegade Knights, and Imperial Knights now. A tier is Grey Knights, uh, Blood Angels, Drakari, Thousand Sons, Custodies, and Sisters. And S tier consists of Harlequin's Tower, Assyriani, and Tyranids. Now let's talk to where we think the moves are going to be next time. We're going to do a little bit of predicting for five or ten minutes about what we expect to have changed. We're going to start with that C tier. Is there anything in there you think may leave that tier in the coming month or two? Um, Chaos Space Marines will, for sure. Yeah, 100%. I think when, yep. they, when that new, like, from what I have heard and seen of the new book, I can't, I cannot see them staying C tier. Do I think they're going to be S tier? We'll have to see, but I think they have, they have more than enough to be, to, a, to get their asses out of C tier. To, to be an A or B tier army. Um, Fantastic. Like, yeah, they're good. They're good. I, they're a good book in my opinion. So I'm hoping and praying that there are, there's something for Necrons to pull them out of C tier. I don't know. I don't know what that could be because With I know the, only, um, announced only... CP changes. I could see a world where because Necrons only have one or two good strats to begin anyway, with, yeah, um, that that's a big draw. Plus, Silent King gives you a, a CP a boost. Yeah. Um, so you could see Necrons kind of emerge from that with um, like some kind of build that's you know Silent King plus stuff. Mm. Um, that just relies on the fact that they have slightly more resources than most other factions. And maybe that will get them out of C tier, just that alone. But I, I really, I want this chapter approved to do what I thought uh, they almost did, um, which was the holistic points drop across the board. Mm-hmm. They did that in some respects in the, in the, the previous one where they dropped everything bar characters i'm yeah. hoping now we see the characters go down in this next chapter improved yeah that um, would be nice i i don't think it's enough to catapult them into the stratosphere but hopefully no. that'll pull them to b tier over out of at the very least yeah yeah um all right b tier consisting of all our misc uh, space marines and mm-hmm. then we've got gsc orcs uh, and both the knights the knights will exclude because they could end up anywhere they could end mm-hmm. up exactly here or in my extent i think they're both at the bottom of a tier right now and that the, the stats may hold that up, may not. Uh, Orcs and GSC, I'm really hoping both of them make it to A tier. Like, the game's just healthier when they are. Yeah, oh, I agree. I don't think it's... 
I don't think it'll happen, unfortunately. Mm. Um, it would really depend on point changes. Like, it, uh, were yeah. they caught? Because GW in the past has been very reticent about like unnerfing things, you know, like yeah. from going back and changing. Once they've made the first change, then we will never do this again. Mm. And unfortunately, like orcs really need some of that. They need like orc boys. If orc boys got some love, and then if they toned back a number of the point changes they made when, you know, when they basically obliterated orcs off the face of the earth mm-hmm. um, in some ways, then I think orcs would have a solid chance. But right now, armor of contempt means that boys are effectively useless. Yep. Um, you're reliant on mega knobs to kind of do work, but mega knobs are the thing that uh, are a profile that everybody's gunning to kill now. Exactly. So like you, you're relying on, can Gazgul survive for three turns and do something <laughs> about it? Um, yeah. Or can I just get my battle wagons up there and, and not lose three guys to to jumping out? Um, so like, I don't feel like orcs have a chance to be any further than where they are. I would love to be proven wrong because um, I just think their book is bad now. Like it's it's just not. I think I, I think it's bad. I think mm-hmm. that legitimately it's bad. They're, they're I loved I loved parts really... of it, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's not it's not good. Yeah, I just get my armor save against a rocket if I'm in cover and power armor. Mm-hmm. Like, I just yep. get my save. Like, yep. what is that? That's terrible. A GSC, I feel like GSC could get a lift from just, just points changes. I don't expect yep. them to get any rules changes, but points change, if they had like one or two more decent sized units, like it could make a big difference for their longevity. Because right now, what I see happening is they just run out of gas. They, they have like three, sometimes four turns of great disruption and primary denial and stuff. And then come turn four, usually they're down to a skeleton crew and mm-hmm. end up losing by 10 points. And that's, that's fix, pretty much yeah. Fix aberrants, guys. Make uh, aberrants good again, dude. If aberrants, if they're just like core, <laughs> you just add the word yep. keyword core to aberrants. Don't even need to change the points anymore, baby. We're off to the races. We gotta, we gotta soup. We gotta, we gotta cook something. I, um, I would love it. I would love if aberrants were decent again. I don't want. I don't need Muscle Beach, but you know what? Muscle Beach was not bad in comparison wasn't to what toxic. we see these days. No, wasn't not, toxic. Wasn't it was a fifty-three percent win rate army. You know, yeah, in, man. In a world where that was high. That so, was the per- but that was the perfect meta. Like that yeah. meta was mwah, cherry ripe. So yeah. A we have Grey Knights of Blood Angels, Drakari, T Sons, Custodies, and Sisters. The only ones I could see possibly um going down out of that, I could see custodies start to decline even further, depending if they don't get any point adjustments and a bunch of other armies do. Mm-hmm. Um possibly Drakari as well, I could see ending up at the top of B. There are some builds out there that I think are pretty rough for Drakari, but they also they have the coteries they can pivot into now. If things if times get really tough, they can be like Ungabunga, 120 racks, win game. Yeah. Um I yeah. think that I think for that it's going to depend on how big of a nerf um craft worlds and uh, tyranid sea more than anything yeah um i think a lot of the success drukhari is currently having is people no, are no longer teching into them as hard exactly yeah and so depending on on what we see come down the pipeline for nids like if the kind of uh rumored 15 to 20 percent in uh, point increase we're gonna see across the board for nids is does it like drukhari could stay in a or it could drop down to b it wants people to say well i guess i can kill raiders again so yeah like it's it, it'll be interesting to see where they line up custodies like the li- their lists are so boring now they weren't great to begin with and i just don't even want them to be good even though they're like my favorite army because uh, the changes that have been made make them so boring, and like, I, do, I don't want to play six to eight dreadnoughts. Like yeah. that was cu- that was cute for a week, and then I was like, well, why can I just 
Can I play them my models, please? So can I have a reason to run Alaris? Can we, if they yeah. were to, if they were to back off the um, obsec change, I I would be much higher on custodies because uh, then I'd I could be... feel like I could make different lists. Same. I I think if they they could keep everything the same and back off the the obsec change, and that yep. would be such a quality of life improver again. Um, so many so many options would open up. Like if yeah. the rumored, uh, you have to pay for warlord traits, like even your free one uh, thing mm-hmm. comes into play. Then I don't even think Trajan needs a point change. Um, if you're going to have to pay CP to run them, um, yeah. then go yeah, for man. it. So. Yeah, that becomes rough as well. Um, all right, STR, Harlequins, Tau, Assyriani, and Tyranids. I am of the opinion only Tau can probably... I, I don't expect point changes to Harlequins. They've already kind of copped those. Mm-hmm. So if they stay the same, they're probably going to stay in STR. Yep. I could see Assyriani and Tau possibly leaving, um, depending on uh, points changes coming up. Yeah, um, it'll be hard to say. Like Tau just got hit once already. Will mm-hmm. they consider that enough? Like we so, know, yeah. Tyranids are going to ha- take a huge hit. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it really depends on what they do. Like I, Craft Worlds, I think, is on on a wire where, depending on how I hard fetch. they hit them, yeah, they they could drop like a rock, or they could just end up being the best. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like. That when you have a faction as strong as Nids out there, and you've just seen a faction take what well, I think some people thought was a significant nerf in Harlequins, um, you know, it it could be that Craft World gets overlooked, where they're just like they're yeah. okay. They're okay. Uh, I will say, like um, having someone like Mike Brandt kind of in charge of the balanced data slate does have some advantages in that he does have his ear to the ground a little more, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, you know, all those guys on Team America have to be talking about how strong Hail of Doom is. I mean, Brad Chester is running it and so is naden so yeah. like, there's gotta be so they know how good it is um and it'll just be like how how big of how heavy-handed do they get like do they have the same kind of apologist mentality that we saw with drukari where everybody knew they were broken but people thought it would just get better with time uh that yeah. would be the, the thing right so yeah uh, man thinking about those like nine months is absolutely bonkers from this position like yeah, never, never mind. That's a discussion for another yeah. day and probably a part two. So just to do one final recap, guys, from bottom to top. Uh, D-tier, Astro Militarum, C-tier, Admech, Imperial Fists, Raven Guard, Chaos Space Marines, Death Guard, Chaos Demons, and Necrons. B-tier, uh, White Scars, Iron Hands, Ultras, Salamanders, Templars, Death Watch, Space Wolves, GSC, Orcs, Dark Angels, Renegade, and Imperial Knights. A-tier, Grey Knights, Blood Angels, Drukari, T-Sons, Custodes, and Sisters. And then S-tier is Harlequins, Tau, Assyriani, and Tyranids. Peter, thank you very much, my dude, for coming on. You're always an absolute wealth of knowledge. Please go over and support 40k Stats and Goonhammer and all their amazing stuffs and things. Pull out your own ITC Battles app, launch some gains, and it help provide the data and statistics to influence shows like mine and programs and whatever Pete does and all the amazing bits and pieces pete mm-hmm. anything you'd like to mention or plug on the way out um uh, the 40k adjacent show is back in full force we've even oh, yeah. got a really cool picture so tuesday mornings or otherwise just check out the honest war gamers uh, youtube channel and you'll see it pop up me val Hevelfinger, and rob we talk about 40k a little bit but more importantly we talk about basically everything that's hilarious in the world um <laughs> and just just you know shoot the shit um also if you are in the eastern part of north america or you enjoy traveling try to free up some time in uh, around the weekend of june 10th for 2023 because i've got something in the books that i think is super exciting and i want to have happen um and the more people i can bring in the better so if you're like man i wouldn't be it would be really cool to travel somewhere like eastern canada uh for a weekend 
keep that weekend of June 10th kind of locked in your mind because you might see something pop up from me in the next month or two about it. So Beautiful. So this time next year, guys, leave it open. There is some uh, things afoot or even some, two feet. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Multiple foots. Yeah, multiple foots. Thank you very much, Pete. Love you, mate. Absolute pleasure to have you on. And uh, you, yeah, hopefully you guys have uh, enjoyed this episode. We'll hopefully be doing one of these in two, three months' time, maybe sooner rather than later, punch another one out with uh, the chapter approved changes. But we definitely wanted to get the snapshot pre um, chapter approved so everybody can see the lay of the land. We have a little time capsule for this point. Uh, dude, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for all the support. Please come over and join us on part two. We're going to be answering a bunch of stats related questions, hopefully, and talking about kind of balance in general, kind of stats in general, things we want to be able to track, things we wish we could track, things that we are tracking we're not talking about yet, all the secret sauce and spice. See over there. Thank you very much. Good night again, Peter. Feel free to caca, my, my good man. Caca! Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K, hosted by Adam Camilleri, produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under, signing out from tomorrow. Tomorrow.